Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. We're going to continue on with our prayer series, prayer and invitation to a journey. And uh, uh, if you've been with us over the last little while, you'll recall that Jacinda kicked us off uh, talking about, uh, you know, talking about different ways that we can encounter God, some of the struggles that we have. Anyone else struggle with prayer uh, as well? Just, just me and Jacinda. No, I saw his eyes saw my hands then. And um, which was just fantastic. Has anyone been trying some breath prayer? Uh, if you were here, you'll, you'll, you'll know what I'm referring to. I, about probably about six months ago, halfway through-ish uh, last year, you know, a bit more than six months, I, I started giving that a go. Uh, so if you've got a young family, you'll know the realities of, a, of an early morning. Uh, they're not necessarily the most relaxing times. And so what I had been uh, getting into the habit of doing is uh, getting to the school drop-off point, doing that, um, and you know all that leads up to that, and then just grabbing a few moments before heading into the office just to pull over and to give it a go, just to, uh, to do some breath prayer, and, I f- and, and genuinely just found it really helpful for sort of just engaging with God in a very simple way, sort of setting up the day. Uh, I, you know, I'm probably like anyone else, uber distracted at times, and just find, it, find my mind going everywhere, but just helpful, helpful to, to practice. Um, and then last week, we obviously had Fran Francis, who stepped in very uh, kindly, graciously uh, for us and, and continued on the prayer series, really, talking about praying in times that are truly challenging. And, uh, and whether um, that was your sort of reality in that moment, I know that obviously as a community it was, uh, but whether it was for that moment or moments ahead, where you find yourselves in the downbeat, she called it. You know, we often focus on the upbeat, um, but in those downbeat times, uh, just ways to connect with God in that. And uh, this morning, um, as we sort of dive into this, and I am not sitting here uh, as one who has got this nailed um, and sorted by any stretch of the imagination, just another punter on the, on the journey, but I, I want to talk about um, something this morning that I'm sure that many of us are actually very familiar with and just sort of uh, delve into it a little bit more. And so I wondered if you could actually join with me uh, in praying uh, as, we, as we start this morning. Scr- um, words are going to be up on the screen if you need them. I know that a number of you will know this prayer uh, very well. So would you pray with me out loud? Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours for and forever. Amen. This incredible model of prayer that Jesus taught us, taught to the disciples and then in turn as a gift to us of how we might be able to engage in in prayer. Um, 
Next week, as we continue, by the way, I know that um, Matt referred to uh, Ben McGregor being here on the Saturday with our intermediates. Ben's also going to be speaking on Sunday for us, and we're going to have some of the Grace team help lead us in worship and so forth. If you've ever met Ben, just an absolutely courageous, joy-filled, contagious joy-filled, sorry, I meant to say, uh, just incredible, uh, incredible man that I really encourage you to be here for. But today... The Lord's Prayer. You know, it's got such uh, incredible history, such richness to it. And honestly, we could spend a long time kind of delving into the various aspects of this prayer. But one of the things about this prayer is its simplicity. Is that Jesus gave it to us uh, so that we we, we can use it. You know, it's very, it's very, Usable, And so all that I want to do this morning is actually just sort of slowly walk us through this prayer. And if you're not a Christian, if you have been a Christian five minutes, or if you've been a Christian for 50 years, this is a helpful prayer. Both the specific words and the model that it gives us as a way of being able to pray. In fact, um, Uh, One of the ways that I've been engaging most with this prayer over the last year or so has actually been with our our nine-year-old, Annalise. Uh, and so she, uh, she loves what I call remembered prayers, uh, you know, wrote, learnt prayers. And uh, so one night we were sort of doing bedtime prayers and so forth, and, uh, and we just, we learnt this prayer together. And so frequently since that point, it keeps coming in, uh, and often from her it sort of comes in the... Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, you will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, and I said, whoa, 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 just, just chill, chill, chill. Just actually think about the words. <laughs> but in talking about this prayer, uh, Justin Welby, who's the Archbishop of Canterbury in the UK, he said this, it is simple enough to be memorized by small children and yet profound enough to sustain a whole lifetime of prayer. Very true, eh? Simple yet profound. I'm going to make a few comments as we go through, but, but really what I want to do is just, like I say, slowly walk us through, just actually have some time to reflect, turn those reflections into prayer as we go through this incredible prayer. Simple yet profound. It's found in the Gospels. Uh, both in Matthew and Luke, Matthew 6 and Luke 11. Um, the version in Matthew 6 is a little bit more extended uh, than, than in Luke. And, and the gospel writers of Matthew and Luke, they, they use it slightly different as they're retelling the story of Jesus. That is what the gospels are, you know, those first books in the New Testament. And it's not uncommon for the gospel writers just to put it slightly different as they, uh, as they recall, as they piece together the events, the events of Christ's life. So Matthew, when he refers to the Lord's Prayer, or the disciples' prayer really, um, he refers to it in the, in the Sermon on the Mount. So this incredible message, this incredible sermon that Jesus gives of just inviting us uh, into a different way of living. And, and he refers to it uh, when he's talking about sort of 
uh, this overly pious way of acting, you know, the, having, our, having our faith be something that's, that's sort of on display for others to see rather than as it should be as, a, as an internal life change that starts from the inside and works its way out. And so he uses this prayer within that piece of the gospel. Luke, on the other hand, um, he, he refers to it after a, a direct kind of question from the disciples. In Luke, Luke 11, they, um, after the disciples observe Jesus praying, they're like, teach me to do that. Like, how do, we, how do we do that, Jesus? They say, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. But both uh, Matthew and Luke, they, 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 they record Jesus giving this prayer to the disciples. And, and the, the, the reason why they think that it's to be, yes, it's useful to use the actual words of it, but equally as good to use it as a model is because if it was meant to be verbatim, then it probably would have been referred to, to a number of different times. And so it's this, it's this gift, it's this model, it's this simple way of being able to connect uh, with God. And one of the really cool things that I find about this prayer is that it's a community prayer. You know, our Father in heaven, give us today our daily bread. Uh, forgive us our sins. So yes, of course, we can use it um, personally and privately, but we can also use it together. This invitation to being with one another as we pray, as we engage with God. Our faith is not something that needs to be kept private and to ourselves. It's something for us. So in each of these different verses, each, each of these different little parts to this prayer, I want to encourage you to reflect and to step into praying. Ready? <laughs> Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be. There is this intimacy, isn't there? This, this reverence that's captured in this verse. Our Father, intimate, close, personal, who is in heaven, great, cosmic, grand, wonderful, big. Hallowed be your name. Don't sort of use that word hallowed sort of in everyday conversation. Well, I don't anyway. Um, but it's just a word that means greatly revered and honored. A, almost a, a, a similar way of saying the same thing as the first part of that sentence. Orientating us towards God. Starting with praise. Lord, we, we praise you. In other words, we, we praise you, we adore you, we honor you, we revere you, we we lift you up like Psalm 100 and verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, giving thanks to him and praising his name. So, why don't we take a moment to do that? Whether it be that sort of close, intimate part of that praising God, that personal, or whether it be the the large, the big scale, the mixture of both. 
Maybe there's, maybe there's something in particular that you want to sort of focus on, one of the characteristics of God. I'm going to encourage you in just a second to actually do that, to actually spend some moments praising God. And, and maybe you want to um, quietly uh, whisper, you know, something uh, out loud that's absolutely fine, uh, or just quietly in your heart to spend some moments orientating yourself towards God, praising God. We've got a little bit of uh, music that's going to play in the background. If this, is, if this is completely new to you, just relax, chill out, and use it as an opportunity of just experimenting, just looking to connect with God and what, who knows what might happen. Let's do it. Thanks, Daryl. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. This next part of the prayer is it's big, right? It's this important concept of what Jesus came to do to start in a very real way seeing the kingdom of God become a reality and become available to us here on earth. God's kingdom, those places where God's truly in charge, where God's way of doing things is established. His kingdom come. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of our focus groups, our small groups that are going on at the moment, looking at N.T. Wright's uh, course, Surprised by Hope. And it's, it's a brilliant um, course that I really recommend. But we were talking about it just the other night. And within that, he says this, Thy kingdom come on earth as in heaven remains one of the most powerful and revolutionary sentences we can ever say. As I see it, the, the prayer was powerfully answered the first Easter and will finally be answered fully when heaven and earth are joined in the new Jerusalem. Easter was when hope in person surprised the whole world 
by coming forward from the future into the present. This prayer of sort of longing for the full realization of the kingdom of God, recognizing that we here in this in-between place, you know, this we describe often as the now and the not yet of the kingdom, that it's, that it's very much started through that first Easter, as Tom Wright puts in there, but, but will fully one day be, be realized in completion. You know, of course, as Matt mentioned, uh, you know, through this last week and a, and a half, we've had a very stark reminder of that in-between phase with Timothy passing away. You know, it's just it's the it's the uncomfortable reality that we that we live in at the moment, but that doesn't change the prayer to pray, to seek and to ask for His kingdom to come and be established in our midst as it is in heaven. And as a reminder of some of the descriptors of that kingdom, uh, you can look into, into Revelation 21, for example. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Amen to that. That's the kingdom that we want to we wanna pray in, and even when we don't see it as the reality of the now, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, and your will be done. Now, that, that, that part of the prayer can, can have some cost to it, can't it? There is, this, um, there is this dying to self. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but yours be done. You know, sometimes there are times in our lives where we actually need to lay down our will. In order to step into something of the kingdom, there is a, a laying down of self, of us, of my preference, my desire. Lord, your will be done. There's a lot more we could say. <laughs> but instead, why don't we just take a moment again to reflect and turn that reflection into prayer. Where do you desire to see God's kingdom come? What, what area within your life at the moment or the lives around you or the, the wider community or indeed the nation or the, or the globe, you know, where is it that, that you see, that you need, that you desire to see God's kingdom to come? And secondly, where do you need to surrender to his will? Spend some moments reflecting, turn those reflections into prayer.
say your kingdom come. In our day and in our time. And Lord, we we give to you our preferences, our desires, knowing that you're a good and gracious God who has the best plan. Your will be done, Lord. Give us today our daily bread. You know, this, 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 this verse here, you know, it does move into the personal very specifically, you know, and it's, 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 it's encouragement to look to God for our daily needs, that the, that the little things in your life, they're not too small for God, you know, that he actually, he cares about the little today. He's, it's, it's like, it's not even about in five years' time or a year's time or even a couple of months' time. It's like today. What, what, what is it that you are looking and needing God to supply today? It's this reminder that we can go to God for those things. And it's also a reminder of where those things come from in the first place. That it's not just by our own human endeavor that, that those, those things come, but actually, at the end of the day, a gift from God to be able to supply those things that we need in our lives. Maybe something to do with your family or a job situation that you're facing right at the moment, some, some sort of provision that you're really just, you need God to come and, and provide for so, what do you need the Lord to provide? Reflect and pray. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. <laughs> I know the reality here, by the way. By the way some, some are like, man, I'm really uncomfortable with this reflection stuff. This is, uh, <laughs> could you hurry up? Others are like, man, I'm just getting started praying. What are you, what are you, what are you moving on so fast for? 
I'm not, uh, you know, this is something that we can do, you can do in your own time, explore it, exploring it some more. Now this part of the Lord's Prayer is one that's perhaps easy to say, but it's a different thing to walk out at times, eh? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. But it's this beautiful invitation from God to come and present those things to God to help us to live free, to live whole, to confess those things within our lives that fall short of God's moral standard for us, to acknowledge when we have done wrong, uh, either by a, a, a thought that we've had, a, a word that we've said, or something that we've done, or something that we haven't done, that we should have done. We're quite into empowerment in our general society at the moment. But this is an important piece of walking free in Christ. That we'd actually take a moment to say, Lord... What's the sin in my life? Where have I done wrong? Would you just bring them to the surface right now so that I can confess them to you, so that I can repent? Repentance, again, this beautiful word is, yes, it is saying to God, I ask you to forgive me, but it's also the desire to live different. So it's this invitation to turn. Lord, forgive me and help me to live different. And of course, we are forgiven so that we can forgive others as well. You know, as you think through recent times, just over the last little while, have you been wronged? Has there, you know, where have you been treated unjustly when when you were misunderstood and an unfair judgment was made? Were, were you belittled in front of others? Just were you wronged somewhere along the way? At the expense, you, know, you were at the expense of somebody else's action. As we forgive those who sin against... If, you wanna, if we want to live free and whole personally and with others. There's, um, there's one little uh, caveat here. Uh, they, they point out that within this prayer, one assumption that is made, as Jesus is talking to his disciples, the assumption is that we have, or that they have already made that initial heart turn towards God to repent of their sin and to accept and receive God's salvation into their own life. And, and I point that out just merely to say that you may well be with us right now. Maybe you're with us online. Welcome, by the way. Um, and that is not your reality. You, perhaps you've been sort of dabbling around the edges of Christianity, of exploring things of God, of, of just trying to get your head around this thing, but you've never actually made that firm commitment to Christ to invite Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior, to step in, God, I come and I bring you my life. 
Would you fill me? Would you be my Lord? Would you be my Savior? I, I, I repent of those things that I've done wrong and I turn towards you, gracious, merciful, holy, awesome, loving God. And so I merely point that out so that when we do this next little piece of reflection, that might be what you want to do. You might want to actually step in and invite Christ into your life. And perhaps you've got the words to be able to do that. They don't need to be anything fancy, just a, a muddled heart to invite God in is absolutely fine with Jesus. But equally so, if you wanted somebody else to, to help kind of walk you through that, that part of initiating Christ into your life, here at Coast Vineyard, we would love to do that. So maybe you came with a friend after the service, kind of tapped them on the show, hey, I want to do that thing, you know, or come find one of the team and just... Let's invite Christ. Into, man, when I was 16 years old, I remember doing that. And I, I wouldn't have been able to put language to it then or known the impact that it would have in my life. It has radically shifted my life. And I'm so grateful for that. And it just starts with that initiation of God, would you come? So, let's take a moment, reflect, and pray. What do I need to repent of? Who do I need to forgive? Then finally, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Again, this personal side, there's, there's a little bit of conjecture here if it's from evil or from the evil one, but either way, it's this, it's this potential influence of evil in our lives that we want to, we don't want. You know, it reminds me of those, those scriptures that encourage us to flee from sinful things, you know, uh, like 2 Timothy 2.22. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Flee from it. Run. Or in 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee from sexual immorality. 
you know, it's not something that's perhaps that popular to talk about again, or even necessarily something that we refer to that often within church life. But what are you tempted by? What are those, what are those hooks that the enemy looks to try and get into your life to pull you back, to get you out of being in that place of walking with Christ? You know, the, the distraction factor, like um, Jacinda was talking about a few weeks ago, is massive, or, or apathy, or addiction of some description, or materialism. You know, there, there's, the, the list is long, but for you personally, you'll know. You'll, you know those things that sort of just, ah, that's, that's a temptation that I want to ask for God's help to avoid and to flee from. And Jesus is just acknowledging it. <laughs> like lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil i love that promise in james 4 verse 7 submit yourselves then to god resist the devil and he will flee from you you are not powerless (laughs) i'm aware that i need to keep moving so let's reflect and pray (laughs) and then i'll wrap this up what am I most tempted by? By how can I flee from that? Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. So a prayer that's simple enough for a little kid to remember and to pray out loud, yet profound enough to continue to shape our lives for our whole journey of faith. As Jesus, Jesus offered that prayer to the disciples, he offers it to us, and it's simply another an example, another way that we can connect with God. Throughout the series, we're going to carry on exploring different stuff, different ways that we can connect with God. But perhaps for you, this might be a a helpful way of connecting with God, especially if you're new to praying, that you can use these words or you can use a variation of it as you explore and put into your own language the sentiments and the meanings of each of those different kind of parts of the prayer. Pray it alone. Pray it with others. Let it shape and form you and me. Thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. 
If you are keen to find out a little bit more about us as a church whanau or you'd like to touch base, then you can go to coast.org.nz and there you'll find information about our in-person services, online services, various resources and activities. Enjoy the day. Be blessed.